Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Couch Sports Podcast. Uh, we've been off. We took a week off. Uh, we had a lot of shit going on, but nevertheless, joined here as always by Max and Jordan. Fellas, how are we? So good. I'm quite ill, but I'm okay. Uh, nevertheless, probably, honestly, one of the best weekends of football that we've had in a while. Uh, NFL Sunday, there was finally some scoring. Uh, we had two guys, I believe, score th- or three or three or f- two, three, four guys score three touchdowns this weekend. Uh, it was awesome. We had some great college football games. Um, how did the cards do this weekend, boys? Did we make any money? Did we lose money? How did we end up? How did you do, Max? I didn't bet this weekend, to be honest, because I was traveling. So I, uh, yeah, did not bet. So um, even Steven. That sounds like a lie. He's probably down a lot of money. But <laughs> for me, I had a good week betting. I took it pretty easy on Sunday. I only had two plays on Sunday, but I also hit um, on Thursday. And I think I hit the Monday night game as well in NFL. And then I had a really good week in NBA. So I did. I had my best week of the year betting. That is and we unbelievable news. Yeah. A little bankroll to play with this weekend then. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I had 12 college football plays that ended up going five and seven. I had uh, Michigan minus 23. They won by 22. Georgia minus 22 and a half. They also won by 22. And then a horrible, horrible beat. I had West Virginia plus seven and a half versus TCU, uh, which if you, any of, our listeners follow Barstool Sports, which I'm assuming you do. You watch the absolute life get sucked out of Portnoy and Big Cat uh, as West uh, as TCU scored to fucking cash their spread against West Virginia, which was painful. But nevertheless, we move on. Had a good Sunday. Uh, went six and three yesterday. Killed the four o'clock slate. Went three and one in those games. But um, yeah, no, just kind of scrapped to pretty much just down down a couple units. But Overall, this has been a very, very productive gambling season. Honestly, I did not expect it to go uh, as swimmingly as it is, knock on wood. But I have 15 college football plays for this week. 15. There's football every day this week. There is college football every single day starting tomorrow. And I'm so absurdly excited because these weekdays just give purpose to my life. Like these weekday games, I just feel give purpose to me as a human. Um but I want to start with you guys because there are some big games that we have to talk about. So there are, are some going, absolutely ginormous ones. Is this going to be like a 15 and 0, 14 and 1 type of week? If it is, great. Uh, if it isn't, we'll, we'll find a way to pay for it, right? That's that's always the end goal. Uh, but Max, why don't where I'm going to start with you on this game? Uh, Tennessee, Georgia, probably one of the biggest games in Tennessee's recent football history. Tennessee is plus eight at Georgia. I mean, I'll let you go ahead because you're 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 our volunteer. But grab the away. points, baby. I'm grabbing the points. Uh, this is the one game. This is like the scariest game so far, honestly. Um, Tennessee is in Athens. That's going to be a tough place to play. Uh, this this is a great Georgia team. I mean, it's not as good as last year, I would argue, but this is a really solid Georgia team. But they have been showing a little bit of difficulty in the beginning with uh some poor teams. I know Kent state gave them a little bit of a run and Kent state's offense is a less talented version of Tennessee's offense. Actually, like they're, they run very similar high octane offenses, but Tennessee has better personnel Um, because of that. And the fact that Tennessee can just straight up score. I like, I I'm, I'm excited, but I'm like, I'm still realistic. I think we lose, but it's close, but I'm going to take the spread here. Um, And I'm looking at this over 66 number. That's kind of a tasty number for me, man. Like 
Tennessee's defense. No, you you disagree. I like the, I I I don't plan on playing the total, but if I was to play it, I would play the under. Yeah, I mean, two ranked teams that are going in, they're gonna try and kill each other. But I think like Georgia's defense is really solid, but Tennessee's offense is just one of the best in the nation right now. And Tennessee's offense is or defense rather is not as solid. So I think both teams are going to be able to score, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I, the only play I'm doing is Tennessee uh, plus eight. So that's all I can give you. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is our biggest test, but we've been tested a lot more than other teams have been. In fact, I feel like we've been the most tested team in the nation. And uh, I feel confident in our team. I just think it's harder when we're obviously away. So that's where it's going to be a little tough, but go Vols. Jordan. I think um, Georgia wins pretty – not easily. I think Tennessee's really good, and I love Hendon Hooker. Uh, and I, I love, like, the energy Tennessee has right now, too. They, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just love watching them play. Georgia, I think, is just better, more talented, more physical. Um, I think they're the best team in the country. Yeah, I, I think Georgia wins, and I, I would probably lean on Georgia to cover, too. So I have Tennessee plus eight on my card uh, for the simple fact that I don't think the gap between this teams is eight points. The way Tennessee can score offensively, this isn't the juggernaut Georgia defense that we saw last year. They've been vulnerable all year long. Tennessee has answered every question and every call uh, that they've that they've received this season. Um, Obviously, beating Bama was one of the biggest wins in program history. I don't think they're going to win this game. I really don't. But the way Tennessee can score the football, eight points is just too many for me. It's way too many for me. I got, I got, I have to take them. But some other great games on this slate too. Uh, we have LSU versus Bama in Death Valley in Baton Rouge. Uh, LSU's catching thirteen and a half versus the Crimson Tide. I'm gonna go first. I love LSU here. I love too. LSU in this spot. Thirteen and a half. I know they're not great. I understand that. But Bama has not been the Bama of old. They're not that juggernaut team that can just sweep everybody, no problem. Uh, they've proven that they, you know, don't play great on the road against SEC teams this season so far. Um, I mean, granted, their offense played great, but their defense completely stunk against Tennessee. LSU has a good offense. Uh, 13 and a half is just a lot of points in a game that is probably going to have one of the most electric atmospheres all season with how big that stadium is. So I'm going to take the points here, LSU at home. Yeah, um, Nick Saban after the Tennessee game said that Alabama was not ready for that noise, and it's going to be as noisy, if not noisier, at, in probably uh, more noisy. I mean that yeah, that stadium. I think is, they're a little bit bigger. I think they're. I think that stadium might be the biggest in the fucking nation. No, it's Michigan. We lo- I looked this up the other day. It's actually Michigan. Oh, it's a big house. Yeah, but then LSU's up there. Uh, I think it's probably like a couple thousand, like maybe two or three thousand more people than Tennessee. Um, either way, though, uh, Alabama's actually had a history of losing at in LSU and um I mean LSU just isn't a, a great team to be honest like they just they they got crushed by Tennessee and they just have not looked that great all year and I could see one of two things happening I could see this as a bam out redem bama redemption blowout game or an LSU cover the spread make it ugly and make it close um I either way though I don't think ten I don't think LSU wins but fuck bama so I'm definitely going to take the LSU spread However, I could see this being like a absolute Nick Saban 
is pissed off at his team and needs to annihilation game and yeah. annihilates the game. Yeah. So I could see it going either way, but I'm never going to bet Bama. So, yeah. I mean, 102,000 people uh, yeah. in so Tiger it's like a Stadium. Thousand. Yeah, that's a thousand more than Tennessee. So it's gonna be ridiculous. So hard. I think it's so hard to bet against LSU in that big of a spot. I'm really interested to see where the public bets go here. I I kind of feel like they're gonna be LSU because it's a lot of points and they're at home. What do you think, Butsy? I honestly don't know because people's. I feel I, I feel like the public is shifting from the notion of betting against Saban will lose you money. Uh, especially after this season, and he hasn't covered. They haven't been automatic cover machines like they usually have been. So I feel like the public might come in on LSU. I could see LSU. I mean, this we're recording this podcast on Monday. I could see this line moving down as much as twelve and a half if the public comes in on LSU. Uh, that's why I kind of want to grab it early at thirteen and a half. Uh, just in, uh, you know, assure a couple points there. But I don't think. I'll be very, very surprised, put it this way. I'll be very, very surprised if this line moves in favor of Bama. Like, if this yeah. break gets a 14, 14 and a half, I will be very surprised. I think I, I'm I'm not going to give a play on this game, but I think if the public comes in heavy on LSU, I would like Bama even more because, it, it, like, that's a, that's a lot of points, and it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, like Vegas clearly knows Bama is like this is that Nick Saban bounce back spot and Bama is still the more talented team, even though they're not, you know, the Bama like we're used to seeing. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested to see if the public's all over LSU. It, it could be Bama. I I'm betting the spot here with LSU. I'm not betting on the team. Like, I yeah. don't like LSU as a team. I think they're poorly coached, um, poorly organized as Max. We've talked about this on the podcast throughout the season. Uh, like one game in, L, um, Brian Kelly was losing reign of his uh, of his players. Butte so I took him out of his bio and was like talking about a transfer. It was a it was a fucking mess. But I'm not betting betting on this LSU team because I don't think they're that good. I know they're 15th in the nation somehow. I'm betting the spot here. Simply, simply, simply love LSU in this spot. Uh, the other big game that I think we should talk about: Notre Dame versus Clemson. Yeah, this decides Clemson's season. Uh, Clemson is minus four and a half favorites. It's at Notre Dame. Notre Dame has turned a corner, it seems, this mm-hmm. season. Uh, second half of the season so far, they've been playing really, really good football. Um, four and a half point favorites at Notre Dame. I'm going to take the points again. All three of these games, I've taken the points. I'm going to take the points again. I think Notre Dame is a much better football team than they've shown all season. Uh, this is another spot that I just absolutely love. I don't know why these these, these Big games, um, Notre Dame in a great spot at home, catching points. The place is going to be fucking electric. Give me Notre Dame with the points. Yeah, I mean, Clemson, like this is a true test for this team, which hasn't really been tested. They played Georgia Tech that obviously Georgia Tech completely like later on. That was the first game of the season later on. They're going to get they got rid of their head coach and their AD. They're sort of in a rebuild. Um, Clemson then, then played Furman, who obviously just they got a nice win later, but against a big team. I forget who Furman beat, but that's just not like not a solid team. Louisiana Tech, Wake Forest, that's a solid team, and Clemson just pulled out a six-point six win. They beat NC State by 10, and they beat Boston College, and then they also beat Florida State, and they beat uh, Syracuse. Now, Florida State has one of the most beat-up offensive lines in the nation and has had a tough year themselves, and Syracuse came in ranked 14, but like 
Syracuse almost won that game last weekend. They were they were leading for most of it. And I know Notre Dame's unranked. They had a they had a wishy washy uh beginning to the season, but I like them in this spot as well. I'm gonna take their points as well and tail you on that because I'm until I see this Clemson team like actually get a solid like win, uh I'm not I'm not I'm not super uh high on them right now. People forget they almost got embarrassed at home against Syracuse. Yeah. Like Syracuse almost went to fucking Clemson and beat them. Uh Jordan, what what are your thoughts on this game? Uh I'm gonna agree with the fellas here. I like Notre Dame here. Syracuse, like Max said, you kind of dominated for the first half of that yeah. game. Um Clemson did come out and you know looked very impressive in the second half, but that's a really tough spot for Clemson to play Syracuse and then have to go into Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be ready for this. This is like this is like Notre Dame's Super Bowl, and I know you said it's you know Clemson's. This decides their season, but for Notre Dame, like in their house, they they really want this to to prove something. Um, I like Notre Dame. They're plus four and a half. Do Do you guys think they're going to win though? I think they could win. I think they could win, but I feel more comfortable taking that four and a half and them losing by a field goal or something like that. Yeah, I agree. But I, I definitely think, like, out of the three teams that we've discussed, Notre Dame, you know, odds-wise, and I just think in general has the best chance to win out of those three games. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk about the Oklahoma State-Kansas game. Um, I'm getting – I'm seeing Kansas coming in as – oh, no, I just lost it. Two-point underdogs at home. Yeah, two-point underdogs. I am all over Kansas money line, Kansas spread. Oklahoma State just lost to a very solid Kansas State team, but they lost by 48. Then they lost to Texas, or they beat Texas, but they should not have beat Texas in that game. And then they've, they, this team is a fraud, I think. Um, They get a win versus Central Michigan to open the season, then Arizona State, which obviously they got rid of uh, Herm Edwards. And then they got a win against Arkansas Pine Bluff. They beat Baylor um, barely. They beat Texas Tech. I watched that game. That was all. That was Texas Tech beating themselves more than it was uh, Oklahoma State beating Texas Tech. And then they lost to TCU. They pu- very narrowly pulled out a win against Texas, and then they just got completely crushed against Kansas State. I'm liking Kansas uh, in this spot. I know they've been down on their luck, and they've had um, you know uh, injuries with their quarterback and all that. But to me, this game is all Kansas and. I believe, yeah, it's in Kansas. So I'm liking the, I'm liking Kansas in the spot, and you can get them at plus money as an under as a money line underdog, and you can get I'm going to take them on the spread as well. Oak State minus two is on my card, by the way. Oh, it is. So we're going to have a little conflict of interest here. I don't understand why Oak State is still a favorite uh, after the performances that they put up recently. Um, they got to be telling me something about this team that they like still, or else they wouldn't be favored. I think that they're still a very solid football team. They just haven't been playing their best, but when they play their best football, we've seen them absolutely embarrassed teams. Like they have absolutely embarrassed Baylor uh, at Baylor. So, you know, this team can is still capable of putting up great wins. Kansas has been injured. I don't a hundred percent believe in them still. So I'm going to take Oak state because they really, I think it's a good bounce back spot for them against a good Kansas team. That's fair. Jordan, you got any other college plays? No, I'm all good. All right. Max. Um wait, I like I just wanted to talk about this Kentucky Missouri game. Do we overreact and play a little Missouri money line or do we stay away from that? I don't understand it to be honest. What's the spread on that? Isn't it? Plus two and a, two or, and sorry, a half. Kentucky's yeah, okay. Minus two and a half, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Kentucky looked absolutely piss poor last week, and it was surprising. And then Missouri pulled off a great win uh, in South Carolina. So, I mean, I think Missouri yeah. is a good football team, but I still think Kentucky's the better side. I think that, you know, just like – or not just like, but similar to Oak State, I think it's a bounce-back spot for a, a decent team um, against a not-so-great team. So I'm going to take – I if I'm, I'm not – it's not on my card, not touching the game. But I would more lean Kentucky. Can I raise you a Missouri like uh plus five parlayed with Texas A and M money line? Dude, where are you getting these Parlay? parlays from? You're just like just piecing shit together over here. What are the I mean? What are like the odds? Parlay? How many points are you buying? You're buying three points. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But hold on, let me let me uh let me do it up here. Hold on. Actually, it doesn't even let me do that. Never mind. I'm not yeah, gonna okay. Say that Thought so. But listen um, to the Max's betting strategies. Well, you know what? I've been doing all right. Last week, I didn't bet, but the week before, everyone bet against me. Jordan was wrong. So your picks, are, your picks are fine. Your strategies are questionable. Oh, strategies yeah. are oh, whole, yeah. like they're they make Not zero sense. Yeah. And then I just love. I mean, we didn't we didn't have an episode. Uh, I didn't have a show last week, but if we did, I was gonna have Max absolutely embarrass Jordan because Max gave out his picks, and then Jordan's picks were literally contradictory to every single pick that Max gave out. And Max hit all of his picks, and we can cut Jordan this part. In. We can, you, we can <laughs> cut it. Or we can leave it in. I mean, no, at the end of the day, I'm editing it. Listen. I'm gonna leave it in. Uh, but if you guys don't have any other college plays, I'm gonna run down my Wait, 15. Uh, play do you card. think? Do you think Florida could beat this Texas A&M team? Hundred percent. I don't think A&M's. Good. I think so too. I think that's kind of, of a fun. Stinks. There, the, the, this could be kind of a fun uh, money line bet if you throw some cat, like a like just something stupid on the. Florida money line just to like make this game more watchable. It'll be a because... fun game. I think it'll actually be a decent game to watch because I have zero idea like what's going to happen in yeah. it. Uh, and I can get, I got no feel on it. So I think it'll be a fun game to watch just as a spectator. I don't want to put money on it because I would not feel confident putting money on either side in that game. That's fair. And then is there, I'm trying to look through the card. This um, Arizona UCLA kind of a, wait, no, that's a different week. Hold on. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get it together, Max. Sorry, I'm looking. There is one more game I want to talk about. You know what, Buts? You just go through your card. My bad. All right, that's a great idea. Uh, I'm going to go Ball State Tuesday. We have Tuesday college football. Ball State plus seven against Kent State. Central Michigan plus four against uh, Northern Illinois. And Bowling Green minus four against Western Michigan. Both of those games are on Wednesday. Uh, App State minus three versus Coastal Carolina. I don't love Coastal this year. They've had much better teams, and I think App State's still decent. Duke, minus 9.5 versus BC. BC is horrible. They just lost to UConn. Nobody loses to UConn. Uh, Give me Duke, minus 9.5. They're actually good, too. Uh, Under in that game as well, under 47.5. I don't know how BC is going to score points. TCU, minus 9.5 versus Texas Tech. TCU is actually a decent football team, and the Red Raiders have not been good this season. Purdue minus four and a half at home against Iowa. Iowa absolutely stinks, and Purdue is uh, sneaky good. Uh, so I'm going to take Purdue to win by five. Ohio State minus 38 and a half versus Northwestern. I just think Ohio State's offense becomes too much for this team, um, and they absolutely route them because I think now is the point in the season two where <clears throat> you know teams are looking to put up impressive wins, and the committee is really starting to look at each individual win with more and more weight. So I think Ohio State's going to look to embarrass Northwestern, who's absolutely horrendous. Tennessee plus eight versus Georgia. Oklahoma State minus two versus Kansas. LSU plus 13 and a half versus Bama. Texas minus two and a half versus uh, Kansas State. 
Texas is a good team, good team. Big Ewers fan. Uh, I think they get it done. USC minus 21 versus California. Um, USC has still a prolific offense, and Cal is not a great team. Uh, you know, if USC wants any chance, you know, to finish as like a top five team, they got to just embarrass, uh, start embarrassing teams. And then Notre Dame plus four and a half versus Clemson. And that's my CAD. Um, oh, I just want to talk about the Wake Forest NC State game. That's what I was thinking of. Um, okay. Wake Forest ranked 20, NC State ranked 21. Wake Forest comes in as five point underdogs. NC State coming into the season, ha- quarterback was uh, Leary, Devin Leary. Uh, was projected to be like a Heisman guy. Obviously, he has not been that. But um, this is a matchup between Sam Hartman and Devin Leary. I'm liking uh, the Wake Forest minus five here. I think they can like beat up on this NC State team that's a little over over uh, juice. Um, do you like that or no? I don't really have a feel in the game. So if you like yeah. it, you like it. It's your pick. Yeah. Also, James Hart, I think just never mind. He's good. He looked like he broke his elbow there for a second. I'm, I have the Philly game on in the background. All righty, let's move on to some NFL. Jordan, um, why don't you give us your first pick? Because honestly, I think we have another exciting week of NFL. Uh, the season is just has just felt like it's you know kept getting better and better as it's gone on. Uh, had a couple lulls there in the early weeks, but last week was fucking exciting, man. It was an awesome week of football. Um, so why don't you roll out a play for week nine, which is fucking ridiculous that we're already here. That is actually really disheartening that we're already in week nine um this slate kind of threw me off a little bit when i was coming up from picks for the segment it's a lot of really tough spreads in my opinion uh but i think my favorite play on my card is the cards minus two against the seahawks seahawks are super hot right now coming off three straight wins including one against the cardinals three weeks ago um but i, I think butsy was right he said the the cards offense is going to look different with d hop and they certainly do d hop Looks like he hasn't missed a step, um, you know, top five receiver in the league. Um, and I think I think the public will be all over the Seahawks here. Uh, and then on top of that, this is a absolute must win for the cards. The Seahawks are kind of overperforming right now. Cards are kind of underperforming. Um, must win for the cards. Save the season. Save Cliff Kingsbury. Cards minus two. All right. Uh, I do love that, to be honest. Uh, it's a really great spot for the Cardinals. I have two plays in this one game. Uh, Bengals, Panthers. I'm taking Bengals and I'm taking the over. So Bengals minus eight and a half over 44. Uh, the Panthers can put up points, right? And this Bengals defense has been impressive this season, but I still think that they're vulnerable to a couple big plays. Uh, and honestly, this Bengals offense with Jamar Chase, who should be coming back next week, will be absolutely prolific and will uh, absolutely destroy this Panthers defense. So, I think this is actually just going to be like a nice 35-14 win for the Bengals. That's how I see this game going. Um, I think the Bengals are better than a 4-3 and three team right now. Uh, their offense certainly is, and their defense is too. So, 8.5. Uh, Panthers has put up a great game. By the way, one of the greatest games I've ever watched in that Panthers-Falcons game. Unbelievable. One of the most exciting games in history. Uh, but I'm going to take the Bengals here, and I'm going to take the over 44. Lock it up. Max, you got one? Uh, yeah, so I liked the Rams coming in as plus three against the Buccaneers. Um, I know the Rams are on a downspin, but so are the Buccaneers. And the Rams have much better personnel. I think this is sort of a, a little bit more of a must win. I guess both teams are kind of like at a must win spot. But to me, like the Rams, I think the Rams can get this done. Tampa Bay has not looked good at all. And 
Tom Brady just he's got a lot going on outside of football, inside of football. Um, I think the Rams can get it done here. So I'm taking the Rams money line. That's about that's the only play though. All right, I have more plays, but I'm I'm only playing underdog money lines this week. Just, <laughs> it's actually not a horrible strategy. It's not a bad yeah. strategy at all. Um, it's simple. The that I I can't bet that game. I think they're both so hard to figure out those two teams. Yeah. But my next play is Green Bay versus Detroit under forty nine. Kind of ugly. Detroit uh, notorious for putting up a million points, but I do think Green Bay showed a little something last night against the Bills. Um, in that second half, held him to three points and ended up scoring, I think, I mean, 14 or 10 or something uh, themselves. I think they're they're going to be able to run the ball here against Detroit. Detroit, um, not good against the run at all. Green Bay is going to control the clock here, and I think they also have a pretty loaded defense, which should give Goff some trouble. But we have seen Goff, you know, tear it up so far this year. But I like the under here. I think Green Bay is just going to run it down their throat and control the clock all game. I'm a fan of that play. Believe that I believe that'll be the sharp side as well. I think it's easy to think, oh, Rogers and Goff uh, over. So I, I think sharp money will be on the under. Uh, I'm going to go Patriots minus five and a half against the Colts at home. Uh, if fucking if Ellinger is starting in New England against Bill Belichick, they're going to get fucking obliterated. Uh, this Patriots team, their defense looked great. Uh, I mean, thanks to Zach Wilson for looking like a fat piece of shit yesterday. But uh, nevertheless, his defense was getting pressure on him all day and causing him to to flee the pocket and, you know, try to make some hero throws. Uh, young guy, Sam Ellinger from Texas, I expect him to do kind of the same. Uh, this O-line of the Colts isn't great. I expect us to be able to get home. I think it's going to be uh, a disgusting game. I don't think it's going to be a great game. Our offense has looked horrendous in the past couple of weeks, and I know we put up 22 points, but I mean, what do we have, one touchdown? Like we just felt, I feel like we kicked a million field goals. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with uh, Patriots minus five and a half, just simply because of the fact that the Colts are horrible. And if Sam Ellinger starts against Bill, he's gonna get fucking obliterated. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I I would have if Matt Ryan was starting, I might have looked at like a possible, um, Colts against the spread, but I I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm taking. Uh, I would. I'm not touching this game, but. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't think that the Colts are going to win. Um, I'm taking Atlanta Hawks money line. Not sorry, Atlanta Falcons money line. Not the Hawks. Um, they're playing this extremely beat up uh, Chargers team. Justin Herbert. I don't know if he still has broken ribs. Even like, I don't think we'll know till the end of the season. Um, he's he has a tough head coach in Lombardi. Like this Chargers team just has been very wishy washy, and every time I bet on them, they lose. So I figured I'd take a Falcons team, which somehow is pulling out wins, even though. They're also not a great team, but to me, like, I think if I think this is a game where um, I just feel like putting some cash on the Atlanta Falcons because they're fun to watch no matter what. Fair enough. They were a great, great win last week. Uh, I had minus four, so I kind of got screwed, but I also had DJ more in fantasy, so it all equaled out in the end. Jordan, you have any more plays? Yeah, I got one more. I got Dolphins minus four and a half versus the Bears. I think the Dolphins are just too explosive on offense. The Bears have looked better. Um, they lost the Cowboys this week. Cowboys are a really good team, though. But the Bears, I mean, they're starting to put up uh, a little bit of points, giving some teams some trouble. I just think they can't keep up with how explosive this Dolphins offense is. I, I could see this being close all the way through and then 
Tua hitting Tyreek or Waddle for a big play and it just blows up the game. Uh, like it, it seems like they do every week. So I got Finns minus four and a half. Perfect. Final play for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bills minus 13 against the Jets. Uh, if the Jets look anything like they did last week, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. Um, Bills got a little too comfortable last night against the Packers, kind of got a little stagnant towards the second half. I don't think this is going to happen, especially in a pretty big divisional game, too. Uh, they build, The Bills are still head and shoulders, in my opinion. Not head and shoulders, but still, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. I think they come out and absolutely spank the Jets. I think this defense eats Zach Wilson up. And I think this offense is just too much for for the Jets' defense to handle. And I think they just absolutely route the Jets. Um, I have two more plays. I just took the Lions' money line. Um, it's just a bet against the Packers. The money, the Lions are at home. They're they're a pretty awful team, but um, the Packers have looked pretty awful themselves. And I I think I'm pretty sure is Christian Watson gonna be playing in this game. Um, I don't know. And Lazard I think is out possibly as well. So. Uh, Rogers just is not going to have any weapons as per use per usual. And I think that the lions like interdivisional matchups are always tough. And I think that the lions are going to be a little bit hungrier and can get to Rogers with that pretty strong defensive front. And again, this offensive line for the Packers just again is not holding up with injuries. So taking the lions money line and then the Seahawks money line, it's going against what Jordan said. I know, but this Seahawks team is really, really solid. They have, they have good defense and they have even better offense. They, uh, I love Geno Smith. He's just playing out of his mind right now. They have some pretty solid weapons. It looks to me like Russ might have been the issue in Seattle and not what what else like not what we thought it was personnel or whatever. Arizona, I mean, they got Hopkins back, but this is a very flawed team. I don't ever like betting on Kyler Murray because I'm just not a big fan of him at all. And, um. If I can see a spot to fade the Cardinals, I usually do because they tend to, you know, really just shoot themselves in the foot a lot. So I'm going to take the Seahawks money line. That's true, too. All right. I think everybody got their plays in, right? So if you're yes. listening at home or at school, whatever the, wherever the hell you are, make sure to write down those plays because uh, we hope that they're all winners. But if they're not, um, we apologize. We didn't know better. We're oh, just... I'm going to put mine on my action. So that the link to that is in. I think if you look at our link tree, they have the link to all of our action profiles. So we should start putting our bets in that. Yeah, we've been kind of slacking on the action shit, uh, to be honest. I have all my cards written down, so I've been keeping track of those on paper. Just a little mm -hmm. old school for you guys. But um, why don't we give our mortal locks, uh, try to cr construct some mortal lock parlay okay. for the people. Sure. I Jordan. can start. No, no, okay. no, no. Jordan. I'm going to go... <laughs> Now that Max has the Seahawks, I like don't want to take the cards because whenever I fade Max, I lose money. But I'm going to take the cards minus two as my mortal. Fair play, fair play. That's actually very man-in-the-suit-esque of you. It is, yeah. Yep. All right, Max. Uh, I'll take that Rams money line as my mortal play. So do you want to give the people the points? What For the mean? sake of the mortal lock parlay, Oh, you want yeah, to give the give people them, yeah, the, points. Give them the points. Yeah, give them well, the points. But you, you personally can bet the money line. Yeah, I'll but yes. just give the people the points. Yep. Agreed. Okay. And I'm like, taking the Bills minus 13. Okay. We'll write that down. We'll so there we go. We got, what are we at? We got Bills, Cards, Rams, Mortal Lock Parlay. Yeah, Rams plus three. Yep. Okay. I don't Let's think there's it. a chance in hell that misses, boys. Not no. a chance. <laughs> no, I'm putting, I'm putting my life savings on that parlay in hoping of like, 
I don't know, quintupling my net worth. So I'll, bu- I'll book the trip to Cancun now. Perfect. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, when, we're going to take a break, come right back, and uh, carry on with the rest of the show. So we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Carrying on with the rest of sports news, sports highlights, and topics across the world of sports. Uh, we're going to start in the NFL as we usually do. Uh, great week eight, as I've said a million times. We're halfway through the NFL season, which is ridiculous to think about. Uh, I think it's time that we start evaluating uh, midseason awards, midseason Super Bowl predictions, where everybody's heads are at uh, at the middle of the season. So we're going to go over our Super Bowl predictions midseason, coach of the year, rookie of the year on offense, rookie of the year in defense, and MVP awards uh, halfway through the NFL season. I'm going to go first. I'm just going to run down my list of awards. I have Dayball winning coach of the year. I have Sauce Gardner winning rookie of the year on defense. Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State winning rookie of the year on offense. MVP is Josh Allen. And my Super Bowl prediction is the same as before. Bills Vikings. And the Bills win. All right. I have a question. Are we doing at the end of the season what we think is going to happen? Or if the season ended now, what we think like who deserves the awards? Let's do we're I think at but, uh, is, is your like answer different? Is your answer different? Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so I'm gonna do do end of the season. Do by the end of the season. Because that's what I think. Okay. That's how I think it's going to be at the end of the season. So, like you said, Dayball is coach of the year. I think if the season ended right now, Dayball would win. I think uh, the Eagles coach, Nick Sirianni, will win the award because the Eagles have such an easy schedule. I could see them, like, ending at with two or three losses. And I don't think the Giants are going to keep this up quite as much as they are going right now. I think they can make the playoffs, but I just think – the Eagles, like if they go 14 and three, there's no way Sirianni doesn't win that award. Um, I have sauce defensive rookie of the year. He's allowing two and a half catches per game for 30 yards per game. He's tied for the most passes deflected in the league. And I couldn't find the stat, but I don't know if he's let up a touchdown yet. I haven't seen one um, rookie of the year on offense. I think it's going to be Kenneth Walker. If the season ended right now, though, I'd give it to Olave MVP. Agreed. I think it's going to be Josh Allen. Max. So, okay, I actually did it as if it ended today. So mine's a little bit di- – well, actually, mine's, like, like, very similar to Butsy. Um, I agree with what Jordan said. Like, if it ended today, it's going to be – I had it as Brian Dable, but it's de- it's probably going to be Sirianni with the, the Eagles' success if it was, like, legitimate at the end of the season. Um, I also have Sauce Gardner for defense. All the same reasons you guys said he's the most shut down defender. He's like a, an elite cornerback already, and he's only a rookie. Um, and then for offense, I thought it was going to be Brees Hall, but since he's injured, I think maybe Damian Pierce because they're just going to run him into the ground. He's going to get the most usage. And um, for MVP, Josh Allen, and I don't think that matter. I don't think the last three change depend on um, depending on if it ends today or if it ends you know, at the end of the season, but the coach of the year for, for real, uh, I agree with that part where yeah. it's like right now it's stable. I agree. But. I agree. I think I made this with, you know, a ton of today bias, but like Jordan said, if they go 14 and three, yeah, then it's going to be Sirianni. But like, if it go, if they go 13 and four and the giants win a playoff game, sorry, if the Eagles go 13 and four and the giants maybe go, I don't know, 11 and six. Is that right? Is that 17 games? Yeah. They yeah. go eleven and six and win the playoff game. Like, then maybe who knows? But uh, 
if they go 14 and three, it's going to be Sirianni, no question. But uh, you guys need to give Super Bowl predictions. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, mine is uh, same as the last time Chiefs versus Niners. I think the Niners look so good. Um, and the Chiefs, I just can't take them out of there until they like prove me wrong. Mine is the same as last time, uh, Bills versus Niners. I agree. Like the night, dude, the Niners, the way that they're using Christian McCaffrey is just so much fun. And it looks like it alleviated a lot of the pressure that Jimmy G had on him because now he just kind of has a check down target. Um, this 49ers team, they already had a really solid defense. Now you're adding in a super dynamic running back if he can stay healthy. Uh, I really like this Niners team. And then to me, the Bills are just the most complete team. I think the Eagles are a little too young. I mean, sorry. I mean, they're going to be, I think the Bills will be the Chiefs. And I think in terms of the Niners situation, I think the Eagles are untested. And I think when they get to the playoffs, they're going to be frauds. So that's why I have the Niners coming out from that division. And uh, yeah. Mid-season awards, ladies and gentlemen, there they are. Uh, we're going to get into CMC later in the show because you can't talk about this week in NFL without talking about uh, what he did this past weekend against the Rams. But first and foremost, the Falcons are in first place in the NFC or in the NFC South. Yeah. yeah. State, like through eight weeks. I never thought that I would be saying that, but here they are. Bucks look horrendous. Are the Bucks going to lose the division? I don't know. I, I think like they got a, re- I don't dude. I, I keep saying like they're going to play their best football after Thanksgiving and it's not Thanksgiving yet. So that's one thing, but like for Brady, it just seems like he's sort of broken right now in terms of just like everything that's going on. He just looks fucking broken and he's kind of like the main thing holding this team up together. I think like they have, I'm a little scared for them. I think it's time to press the panic button for Tampa Bay. Um, Like they're the AFC South or not the AFC, the NFC South is such a weird mismatch of teams. You got the saints, the Panthers, the bucks and the Falcons. Like, I don't know. I I, I think Carolina is going to be the worst team in the in the division, and I think Tampa Bay is going to be either second or third. But I don't know, dude. I could see it going anyway. Like this, it just looks like it's just it's just tough to bet this division. I don't understand why. I don't know how the Falcons are on top. It seems like they get away with just about like the craziest games that they just pull out of their ass. So yeah, I don't. I know that's a weird answer, but it's just it's, just, it's impossible to bet that division. Yeah, I um. I looked at the Falcons' schedule, and they have a very easy schedule compared to the Bucs. Um, they have Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, Saints. Then they have the Ravens, and they have the Cards and the Bucks. But they have a really easy portion of a schedule there where they can maybe rattle off some wins. With that said, I think Brady has to start playing better at some point. I With everything Brady has done for my family, myself – my life, <laughs> my happiness. Every, every single human in New England. I can't physically, like, badmouth him or say anything bad about his team. I think the Bucs are still going to win this division, despite them having the much harder schedule. They're still a way more talented team. It's really just Brady right now. Brady has to just get clicking with his guys again um, and get back into into football and get, get mad again. I want to see I want to see a big Brady game in these next coming weeks, and I think we will. Over this back half of the season, I think the Bucks will somehow, some way, win this division. Tom Brady needs a bye week so, so, so badly, and he doesn't get it for a while. Uh, he plays the Rams this week and then Seattle the week after, and then finally gets a bye week. So, I mean, 
he needs a reset. He needs to fucking shut down his brain for a little bit because he looks horrible. <clears throat> like Jordan said, I can't really badmouth him for everything that he's done for literally every single person that's ever lived in New England and been a fan of the Patriots. So, I mean, but you can't deny the obvious that he does not look great. Um, you know, the defense is still doing their job, but it's tough when the offensive production is this bad. And it's really confusing as to why it's this bad because of how good, you know, talent-wise they are. But everyone knows uh, all this off-the-field shit with Brady. He's going to act like it's not bothering him, and but it it clearly is. Now, uh, we know I know Jordan proposed that question, I think, a couple weeks ago. Uh, is it the off-field shit that is bothering Brady? I said no, and then I didn't realize that they were, like, finalizing a divorce right now. Uh, that news dropped when that dropped later, earlier last week. Um, so, I mean, clearly, clearly it's really, really affecting him. But it's it's I, I think they'll still get it done, but I think it'll be by one game. I don't think it'll be like a landslide of a division win like everyone was expecting this year. But, yeah. I mean, can do you guys think they could still make, have a playoff win, make noise in the playoffs, or, or are they going to lose at home and be done? It's Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, he, he's like the most experienced in the history. Uh, I, I'm not going to bet against him in the playoffs, especially if they draw like a relatively easy matchup. I think their ceiling is winning a playoff game. I like one thing I didn't mention is their running game is horrible. They they can't run block for their lives no. either. So uh, I just think the Falcons are overperforming right now, even though they're only four and four. I think the Falcons are not going to end up with a great record. Um, and yeah, the the Bucks like they can win a playoff game just because they have enough talent to, and they have Brady um, and a really good defense. But yeah, I, I don't have much belief in them beyond that. Completely agree. Completely agree. Especially if they get matched up with like a Philadelphia, uh, with an Eagles, yeah. like the first round. I mean, if an Eagles team goes like up against like a mentally shattered Tom Brady, I don't, I don't see them losing that game. But, uh, moving on to probably the most exciting highlight of the week, Christian McCaffrey, uh, on the 49ers, absolutely taking care of business against the Rams with no Debo, uh, no Debo, no problem for the Niners. CMC, Three total touchdowns uh, and a passing touchdown, right? Did he have, what do you have, two rushing, a receiving, uh, and a passing? He had or was a, it one, one, and one? Yeah, yeah, one, one, one. One, one, and one. Third I player mean, to do it in NFL history other than uh, – Since like 2005 or something like that. Yeah, it was so. Walter Payton, LaDamian Tomlin, Tomlinson, and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, history. I can't – I don't even know where to start. This guy is ridiculous, uh, and I think that's why – the Niners can easily, easily make a Super Bowl push here. Yeah, I think we already knew how good this Niners run game was. A lot of people said, like, it doesn't matter who you put back there, that whoever's running the ball for the Niners is going to have crazy production, which in some ways is true. But when you actually put an elite back in that system, they're going to have more than crazy production. They're going to do shit like CMC just did um, on Sunday. I think he makes them so dynamic and it's it's not even like way more than they were but it just it's that extra step that they needed i think to take pressure off jimmy and you definitely saw that this week jimmy looked unbelievable yeah um we haven't seen jimmy look that good in a while and when you can run the ball like that and you have a a guy that people are gonna have to commit so much attention to it opens things up for for guys like jimmy so yeah i think the niners are scary uh they didn't even have debo so they're they're gonna they're gonna pull out some crazy shit. Uh, I mean, Debo Kittle and CMC is a ridiculous, ridiculous three-headed monster on Not offense. They're ridiculous defense too. Correct. Uh, 
I want to give all the props to Jimmy G because he looked like a fucking composed elite NFL quarterback last week. Even the pass that he threw to Kittle, the touchdown pass he threw to CMC, they were all darts. Like, those are tough, tough throws over the defense that he was making. Uh, I was very, very impressed. I think, like Jordan said, if you can alleviate a little bit of that pressure off of Jimmy with establishing a run game or, you know, having an explosive player to dump down to, or actually two explosive players to dump down to and just let them go to work, I think it'll open up the offense uh, downfield more uh, throughout the course of the season. I think we'll see Jimmy G get a lot more, a little more loose and a little more comfortable. But, I mean, God, I can't imagine if Trey Lance is in this offense right now. I think I don't think this team is where they're at, uh, and I don't think their ceiling is as high if Trey Lance is starting at QB. See, I think their ceiling would be higher. I think they wouldn't be as consistent, uh, and it would all depend on if Trey Lance developed throughout the season and got better. But, like, Trey Lance, at his best, I think, would be better in this offense than Jimmy. We just haven't seen Trey Lance at his best. So what do they do after this season? It depends how far they go, I think. Like, and it depends how Jimmy plays. If Jimmy goes out and plays really well um, and they can bring back, you know, most of their team, I think they probably keep Trey Lance uh, as the backup. See, it's interesting because we've seen what Jimmy can do with the Niners. They made a Super Bowl. They lost. And now it's like, all right, if they do the same thing again this year, it's it's a very very difficult decision whether to go with Trey Lance or stay with Jimmy G. But uh, if that does happen and they go with Trey Lance, I think Jimmy G can find a home somewhere else and be a starter. Uh, no I problem. Just, I think if they lose, like you look across the board at their roster and you say, "What's our weakest spot?" and it's pretty clear that it's quarterback. And they did lose that Super Bowl in large part because they didn't have an elite quarterback. Correct. And Jimmy made mistakes in that game. And, like, if they lose in the Super Bowl and Jimmy doesn't play well, I think it's Trey all the way. I agree. I mean, remember um, when Jimmy G was just got – sorry, Max, one, one more thing. Remember yeah, when yeah. Jimmy G got signed for that one-year, like, veteran minimum contract and nobody yeah. traded for him? Like, I mean, look at him now. I mean, he's he has potential to win a Super Bowl again. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, Jordan mentioned uh, Trey Lance, like, playing games. Do you know how many games he's played in all of college and – like in all of college in general, and then we'll add it to the NFL games he's played. How many? He's played in 19 college games in total as a whole college career. So if you're looking at um, like Justin Fields, for example, how many college games has he's played? Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. Like he played 12, 14, he's played 32. So we don't really know what Trey Lance is. And he also played for a North Dakota state team that is in a really weak division. Um, Trey Lance is coming in. He's suffered a major injury already. And he only played in like two NFL games. You're taking a big step. Like it, it, it seems like this team is going two separate ways. If they have Trey Lance heading your offense, um, you, you have a bunch of personnel that are, that is prepared to make a push to the Super Bowl, But then you have the leader of your team, starting from scratch and trying to learn and maneuver his way in the NFL. So I think to me, like the the optimal thing to do is to either stick with Jimmy G if he's solid or get a better um, older veteran quarterback. That's like good by making a trade because Trey Lance, we don't know what he is and there's not a lot of experience on his end at all in playing in the game of football at all. Like he's only played, I believe total, including his NFL stuff. It's like 22 games. So college and yeah, uh, NFL. Uh, I, I, 
totally see that side of the argument. And I do want to stay on this topic because I think this is actually super like intriguing and you can make valid arguments for both ways. I think the Niners invested a high pick in Trey Lance and they clearly believe in him. And he did show flashes of, of being good. He tore his ACL. Was he two games, three games in? Like, what was it, Buttsy? I think it was like, was it one and a half, two and a half? It was I like forget. two. Yeah, I think it was yeah, like so yeah, one and a half. It was two, two and a half yeah. games in, yeah. I think if he recovers from that injury fully, which I think he will because ACLs haven't been horrible um, as of late. But if he recovers from that and he's as explosive and the Niners lose with Jimmy G because of Jimmy G, I don't think you can stay with Trey Lance on the bench. You have to give him a shot and, and develop him and trust in your coaching and your system because he is – built for that system um, with the run game and with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, like you can already see how well, not only the run game, but Shanahan schemes up guys like Debo and Kittle just to give Jimmy G easy throws. And that's, that's exactly what Trey Lance needs. It's like the perfect situation for him. If you believe in that guy and you invested a first round pick in him, you have to start him. I think like also, but I feel like you're going to get him back and it's still going to be his rookie season technically because he has such little experience, but I think, but- Yes. This, Why all, are you going to run it back a third time with Jimmy G? When I don't think even he can't. If what he's, I think, but I think you have to evaluate after the season if he's the problem because, yeah, if he plays like he did on Sunday for the rest of the season and they don't win a Super Bowl, you can't put it 100% on Jimmy G. Then but it's another I problem think, or someone played better than you. I think they will definitely win the Super Bowl if Jimmy G plays like he did on Sunday. I just don't know if he will play like like that's that's very high expectations for Jimmy G to play like that um in a Super Bowl or in a throughout a playoff run. I will like, say too perfect sorry, yes. I will say like the there were so many I think there were like three picks that the fucking Rams defense did drop uh against against the Niners on Sunday. Like Jalen Ramsey had a SWAT that he almost picked and then he had like one that he bobbled four times that he almost picked. So I'm not saying Jimmy G's a superstar. I'm not saying he's the guy. I just I'm concerned about Trey Lance is not as fit, but his arm. I think his mind and his body and what he's capable to do, like running the football, is unbelievable for that type of offense. But I don't know if his arm can carry that team to like a well, not carry the team, but bring that team like to a Super Bowl and like win it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I trust his legs more than I trust his arm. I think like the 49ers are clearly out to win now. And I think if you put Trey Lance as your quarterback, like you're not going to be as successful and you're not going to win now. I like the idea of bringing in, maybe getting rid of Garoppolo and bringing in like a veteran quarterback who's actually solid, a good quarterback. Um, and can lead this team and show, like we talked about this before with Trent Dilfer and uh, Mitch Trubisky and Ken, Kenny Pickett, how Kenny Pickett was going to come off and learn how to what not to do basically and see Mitch Trubisky make all these mistakes and learn better. And obviously he got thrown into the fire a little bit earlier than he needs to. I think Trey Lance, same situation. Like, I don't know if he should have been starting. I think maybe he should have waited out. And I like the idea of quarterbacks sitting out kind of the first season to really get their understanding. And you saw that happen with Brady and Rogers and Mahomes. Like all these guys had to sit behind someone to learn basically how to play quarterback in the NFL. I think if you bring in someone because Trey Lance's timetable is a little bit different than the 49ers timetable. Like they're willing to give up first round or I mean, they're willing to give up multiple draft picks to get Christian McCaffrey and not to mention like you're playing your, your personnel is very injury prone. Like you're building up a team that has 
George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey are extremely injury prone and are always getting hurt. Uh, Debo is a little bit more resilient, but he takes a lot of nasty hits and like one of the, one of those hits is going to hurt him eventually. Um, and I think like if they're trying to capitalize and win now, you can't do that with Trey Lance because you don't really know what he is. I get the the idea of like trying to trade Jimmy or Trey for a veteran QB. I don't think that's as realistic as you're making it out. To yeah. yeah. Just good QBs growing on trees. And I think Trey Lance, if he plays a full season next year, will finish the season better than Jimmy G. Um, so it's like when you say the, the timetable thing, Trey Lance is part of that timetable because they have Jimmy G and they have a weakness at QB. And that's literally their only weakness. I, I would just be shocked if a quarterback that's played 21 games and like plus the 17 next season saying he plays, he's fully healthy next season. So that's what, like 38 games. I would just be shocked if a quarterback that's played 38 games in his career leads a team to a Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm, I'm not shocked at the, I don't firmly believe in the amount of game argument because I think Shanahan is such a genius that he like, can just tell you exactly what to do, when to do it, and it's going to work. Like, he has proven that if he can bring Jimmy G to a Super Bowl, he could, you know, figure out how to play with a guy like Trey Lance and and help him succeed as well. But it's just, I'm not as confident in Trey Lance as Jordan is because of of just the unknowns. But I don't think if he played more college games, I would feel better about it. Um, I just obviously, like, you know, you put a guy who's, well, what pick? What number pick was he? He was top what? I honestly don't know. No I, idea. I completely forget. But anyways, high draft pick uh, coming out of college was unbelievable. So you know you put a lot of faith into this guy, and it's just like this team's ready to win. And if you put Trey Lance in, I I think they he was third overall. I mean third overall pick. I I would be able to believe that Trey Lance would be able to have a lot of success in the Niners with it in his first year. Do I think they bring him to Super Bowl in his first year? No. Do I think he could do it in the second year? Absolutely. Yeah, we can we can move on now. I can talk about that situation for hours. That was a very, very fun debate. Uh, on the other hand, Packers have lost four in a row. Rodgers doesn't look great. Uh, he's got no weapons, to be fair. But Rodgers doesn't look great. Brady doesn't look great. A lot of these old NFL QBs are fading. Are we officially, are you guys ready to say that we're in the dawn of a new NFL era? I think so. I, cool, uh, I, I All right, think... ne- next segment. Next segment, guys. <laughs> well, I, I saw Jordan gearing up. I, I didn't want to. I, I want to. I jumped the ball. My bad. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I think I am ready to say the same with how bad Brady's looked and how good the young guys have looked. Now it's not just Allen and Mahomes. Um, you have Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, um, Hurts. Now I, I know Max doesn't like Kyler, but Kyler's still yeah, Kyler's a in there. Player. Um, and Rodgers and Brady really kind of falling apart. I don't know. Like, who are the other older elite Kirk Cousins still looks good, though. I will say. Oh, Matt Ryan. It's like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Ryan. Dunzo. Yeah. Uh, 2018 MVP. Yeah. Matt Ryan's nothing. Like, um, Herbert. Like, Herbert's really good at football. So, I, I'm yeah. ready to say. When we look back, this is going to be the the year that we say this was the, the passing of the torch. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, it's, it's – like, I think – I mean, obviously not Carson Wentz, not elite, but he's even he's like done. Like he was kind of a little like it's I think it's Rogers maybe was that connector. Oh, yeah. Tua Connor said or Jordan said like Rogers was that little connector piece between the Brady era. And I think like the uh, Josh Allen, Pat, Patrick Mahomes era. But now even he's looking a little 
not washed, but he was the one guy that was a little bit older, but was still playing elite. Um, that's why he's the connective piece, in my opinion. But now, clearly, there's just this divide where the old guys are starting to kind of phase out, and the new the new era is starting to step in. You got, like you said, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Lamar, Kyler, Jalen Hurts. Trey everyone. Lance, too? You want Trey to throw Lance? Trey Lance's no, name into the no, mix? Not yet. Danny Jones? No. If we're doing it, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Danny I don't Jones, give a, I don't give a fuck that they're six and two. I think he sucks still. Stafford looks bad this year. Stafford, yeah. Stafford's Stafford. another one. He's actually yeah. probably a closer connector piece. And he than just Rogers. won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Stafford so. is probably the better connector piece between the two generations. See that? Managers. That I think we can agree on, Max. That I think we can <laughs> agree on. But no, new NFL era, and it's a and it's an exciting one too because it's like these offenses are so explosive. Uh, these quarterbacks, like, I mean, when have we ever seen a quarterback like Josh Allen look to create contact with linebackers and corners? Like, he is, like, he wants to run the ball, and then he wants to run the ball through you. Like, he had a play last night where he was trying to score, and I think he got he got tackled at the one, but, I mean, he's taken four guys down with him, four fucking NFL linebackers with him down. Like, he is a monstrosity. He's so exciting to watch. Mahomes, the stuff he does with his arm and his legs and his eyes, it's fucking ridiculous. So I'm very, very excited for the future of the NFL. But and I mean, when the, the day that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers officially are done from the NFL will be a somber day for a lot of NFL fans. Yep. Let's talk NBA. All right, let's talk some NBA. Uh, Lakers finally got a win in the W column. They're on the board. They beat the Nuggets last night. Um Russell Westbrook, six man. Could that be something there? Is there something there with the Lakers? Yes, that's or... what he needs to do. That's all like that's how you fix the what Russell Westbrook problem is. You have a man the second unit, you have him pass the ball around, play good defense and focus defense, and um don't take fucking jump shots and just dribble the ball into the paint and get easy layups and pass the ball around, keep it moving, man the second unit. And ever since then, he's been really good the last two games. I know they lost against Minnesota, but Russell Wilson was like or not Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook was like 16, 8, and 6 or something like that in that game. And then he looked super solid last game. Um, I'm not going to take too much from this game because that Nuggets team, guys, I think it's time to start fucking raising a little bit of an alarm here with this Nuggets team. They are a bad basketball team right now. They're missing a lot of stuff. And, like, they have all their personnel that they're going to get. It's not like they have a lot of key injuries. But what I'm saying is, like, they're missing a lot of pieces to be actually successful. Um, Yeah, Butsy. Just one more thing about the Lakers stuff. Uh, Trade talks. Big, big topic oh, yeah. of discussion. Uh, Miles Turner said that the Lakers should take a hard look at potential trade with Pacers. Oh, oh, um, wait, sorry to cut you off. KD looks like he is very shaken up at the moment right now. I mean, he'll get up in two seconds and you're gonna be like, no, 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 he's fine. like, he hold on, hold on. I think he, oh, 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 god, you want to describe it? He's gonna happened. keep saying, oh, sorry, it, I don't know what exactly happened. Okay, oh, he got poked so hard in the fucking eye, dude. Oh, that was gruesome. Okay. Uh, anyways, Lakers trade talks, I think, are heating up. I don't know if the Pacers will bite, to be honest. Uh, I don't know what it would do for them to bite on any kind of potential trade. Uh, they're already bad. They're already tanking. But, I mean, maybe it's an ultimate tank. But I don't know what a trade like that would look like now that Westbrook's actually semi-kind of decent. Um, and, you know, I, I think if he goes to the Pacers, there's potential that he could average another triple-double. Why would the Pacers do that? Like I'm watching I agree. the Pacers right I agree. now. And they have Miles, such a... I think Miles Turner just wants out. Yeah, I, but I think if you get like a better why if I'm Russell Westbrook is terrible to part to put with young players because 
he doesn't um he's not going to be someone that takes a back seat as we've seen and is going to be like you know what i want these young guys to flourish and i'm just going to give them my wisdom he seems to be someone that's going to be competitive and uh, a difficult person to play with with young players this pacers team i've highlighted them before i've watched so much pacers basketball they have a solid trio in chris duarte um uh Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Mathurin, those are three great players that the Pacers are going to build around for this future. And I think from there, you can start to really sell out uh, different pieces of your roster. You can sell that Turner. You can sell Buddy Heald. You get those contracts out of there and bring in like nice young players and build up a nice young car, young core. Um, like, I don't know why you would, if you're the Pacers, why you take Russell Westbrook on and kind of ruin everything you're doing. And then I think really what Russell Westbrook can only go to Utah. I think that's the only team that has like the uh, cap flexibility to take him on and is not really going to, it's not going to lose anything because they'll just cut him right away. So I think that's really the only option for him. I mean, if you think about it like that, the Pacers could do the same thing. Like they can take on his contract and cut him, and then you get free cap space the next year. He, he, his contract's up after this year. That's why anyone would want Russ right now. Like, uh, he had one good game. He's not – I don't – it's not like Russ is Russ again. He's still not at all what the Lakers need, and I don't think really any team needs that. What a lot of teams need is to tank and to free up cap space. So that's why the Pacers would do it. And I don't – like, it's going to be weird to see if the Lakers do it, if, if Russ – Well, they're just not attaching their picks. So until they attach their two first-rounders, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. That's the only that's, reason the Pacers do it. That's is true, but, but I think, like, if the Lakers – lose another five games in a row, like they might just attach their picks. Yeah, but those picks become extremely valuable. Like what I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just uh it's they're just in such a tough situation because they don't own any picks. Those are like their last two picks that they own. So you're basically saying I need to trade Westbrook. The only way they get out of this is if they trade for win now pieces to become like super good. But then those picks inherently lose value. So then it just lowers the value that teams are going to be willing to give for those picks. And the Lakers just aren't willing to give up those picks because that completely gets rid of any future possibilities. So there's in such a shit situation. Yeah. We've talked about this situation on the show before. It's very, very sticky and there's a lot of possible outcomes with it, but let's move on to the Cavs. Jordan, your bold prediction was that they were going to finish with the best record in the East, have the best start in the NBA. They're five and one right now. They play Boston on Wednesday, yeah, I they, believe. Oh, they, yeah, they played it's either them tomorrow or Wednesday, but they did beat us previously. Uh, Boston is going to be in Cleveland on Wednesday. This team looks fucking great. Donovan Mitchell looks unbelievable. Jordan, why don't you talk about the Cavs? Donovan looks really good, but guys, Kevin Love dropped 29. Off yeah, the dude. Last yeah. Night. Yep. Uh, he shot nine for 14. They're just clicking everywhere. It seems like uh, it's a perfect fit, even though I, I'm still curious to see how it looks with Garland. I can't imagine Garland's going to make them worse. It, it might no. take a couple games to to ease in with Donovan Mitchell and Garland on the floor at the same time. But, yeah, the I, I love how they look, and they play good defense too. They're really complete. They have good bench players. K-Love might win six men of the year. So, yeah, the I'm a genius. Yeah, Dude. the wait. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Karis Levert. I don't know how you got like he is the key to how this has been so successful. Obviously, it's Donovan Mitchell, but Karis Levert has been taking on this facilitator role. He's starting in place Zico Coro, who, as we talked about before, idealistically, if he's able to shoot the three ball, which he just has not been able to do, he would be perfect for um 
as like a starting shooting guard, small forward on this Cavaliers team, but he has not been able to do that. But Karis LeVert has been, they've put him in there. And instead of being like a ball, ball dominant ball hog type of player, he's now been like a really solid three and D guy. He also had 41 against the Celtics as well. Donovan and Karis both had 41. Um, He has been the missing piece to the Donovan Mitchell lineup. I'd say like Donovan was a, was the missing piece for the Cavs, but Karis was the, piece that unlocked Donovan Mitchell because now when Donovan gets like stifled and double teamed and all that he has a guy to kick out to in Karis LeVert who can be like a, a really solid scoring option and he's also just getting a lot better at passing the ball and then Jordan mentioned the defense like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen that's one of the is it front court or back court this always gets me mixed that's up. front court that, that, that's, that's the front court yeah that's going to be the that's one of the best defensive front courts in the, in the entire NBA. Like those guys are fucking massive and they are so long and it's impossible to get a shot off without them at least uh, like deflecting it or uh, like just ruining the shot in some different way and rebounding. This team is really, really well built and I'm Jordan was a genius. So how are we going to talk? Are we, we have to talk about Dean Wade, uh, yeah. who is literally just Kevin Love, just younger. Uh, yeah. He had 22 on six of eight from three the other day against the Knicks. Uh, also, I want to talk about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's twelve assists on top yeah. of his thirty-eight points. I mean, when your point guard's doing that, you you're in really good shape. Also, I think when Garland comes back, he's the type of player that I think he's just a really really smart basketball player. He yeah. makes the right decisions most most of the time. I would say like ninety percent of the time, he's making the right decisions. He attacks when he needs to, takes the three when he needs to, but also finds his teammates very very well. Uh, and plays sound defense as well. So I he's think a, a guy like passer. Garland. Yeah, he is. He's a really, really great point guard. And I think having a guy like Garland come back, uh, Donovan, I think his production scoring-wise will go down. But I think you can expect Donovan Mitchell to have, you know, average like seven, eight assists a game uh, on yeah. top of like 25, 27, 30 points. Cavs are looking so good. They are they're so much fun. And I think, honestly, I could see uh, Donovan's scoring not even going down, but... Garland's assist numbers just going up because it seems to me like he's not even a guy that like is doesn't really he doesn't really care about scoring. No ego. Me, he's got like, no ego. Yeah. To me, like he doesn't he's all about the passing. So I could honestly see like Donovan maintaining and Garland's just get, having these crazy assist numbers. But so yeah, it's final. Fun. We have we have four minutes left. So let's wrap it up with the final news line here. Uh Luca Magic has been ridiculous, uh, on an absolute tear, but I think the harsh reality is he's not going to be able to carry this team to any kind of promised land without no. any help. No, and I mean, we talked about this like in the offseason, like the Mavericks just did not do enough to address their needs, to fill out their bench, to fill out even their starting lineup. Um, like there's, I think a part of it is there's not a lot of players that are going to want to play with Luka. Like he's not that fun to play with. Um, it's a lot of it is just ball watching and sitting there and watching Luka cook. Like, that's what's going to happen. There's not a lot of guys that are going to be really wanting to to join that team in free agency. Um, I thought that Christian Wood trade would be really a little bit better than it has been. I don't know why they're bringing him off the bench. I believe they have like yeah, they're starting Javale McGee. McGee. It makes no sense. Yeah, doesn't really make any sense. I mean, Christian Wood's averaging 17, so 17, uh, eight boards. So it's not like he's playing bad. It's just I don't understand why Javale's starting. I agree, and um, well, I think it's because. Luca is not going to get Christian Wood as involved when he's starting. So you can have Christian Wood sort of man the second unit and get some scoring along with Dinwiddie. But yeah, I think, I think we're trying to see that this Luca play style is not really one that's going to help you win a lot of games. Like the, we've seen it in stuff like this before, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Like when you have such a heavy usage player, 
that has the ball in their hands 24-7 and is just cooking. You don't get that team. Maybe that guy might get a lot of crazy stats, but that team is not going to ever win a lot. Correct. Okay, I just have to say this. Are you guys concerned about the Warriors right now? Just answer. No. I'm not. No. Then why are we concerned about the Mavs? We're six games in. <laughs> uh, the Warriors. Because the, the Warriors. Warriors yeah, I was gonna say personnel. The Warriors That's just it. won a title. The Warriors. And they are have three won and four. Dude, they have personnel. There's that's no reason to be concerned about either of these teams. What if we, the we Mavs can't... won? Who like what if these players it won? It doesn't matter. Are you concerned matter. about there? How many good teams right now don't have good records? Dude, the, Ma- the Warriors. The, the Warriors are a dynasty. Like they're gonna no. figure it out. They know. Are you what they're concerned doing. about the Clippers? Yes, I am concerned about the Clippers. Are you concerned about the Celtics? Uh, no, because they. Oh, actually... the Celtics are four and two. Relax. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying it's six games. They they're one game ahead of Clippers. The... I'm concerned about because Kawhi seems to be injured again. They've also never won anything together. Kawhi like, does seem all. to be hurt again. I, um, I just think that's this is a crazy overreaction. Uh, on the maps, like we we all said they could be a top five seed in the West going into the season. I don't see why they still can't be a top five seed. They, they fucking like, suck in the playoffs they, every year. They yeah, suck so in the playoffs. So here's so here's my here's my here's win my anything. thing. Is Luca gonna have to average thirty five and ten a game for them to be a top exactly. five seed in the West? That's my yes. like that's my thing. I don't know if he can do that. If he can, then sure they can easily be a top five team. But is he really gonna average thirty five and ten for the entire season and they're barely winning basketball games? Like I don't. And know then if go that's in the playoffs happen. and win it all. Like he's not. They're not gonna go anywhere. I don't think any of us saw the Mavs winning it all. I first of all. So Correct. I didn't that either. I think like yeah that's was never on the table. I don't know why that would be on the table now. I think Luca's playing out of his mind right now. They're three and three. We saw last year in the playoffs how good they adjusted defensively. Right now their problem is defense. They're giving up too many points. And it's the NBA regular season. Like it, it means very little to be losing games in the early NBA regular season. I think the Mavs are completely fine. Uh as long as they stay he- healthy. I think they will stay where I had them around the third, fourth, fifth seed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I agree to disagree. I just want to talk about one thing real quick. That Josh Primo story. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did. Um, I did. Yes. He got cut randomly and we didn't couldn't figure out why. And then he posted a cryptic message about he needs to take time to focus on his mental health. But turns out he was uh, exposing himself to females. That's a big story. Um, horrible. I'm horrible story. Um, he was a very promising young player, and I don't know if he'll end up getting criminal charges, but this is a big story that I just want yeah. to highlight. I mean, way to, way, to, way to leave the pod off on a really high note. We have like less than a minute left, and Max just put the most depressing story. So we apologize for that. But nevertheless, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back same time next week, same deal.